Welcome to More Than a Sign, where we talk to some of Milwaukee's most productive realtors, up-and-coming realtors, and those that work alongside us. However, rather than being a platform for shameful self-promotion, these are intimate discussions about the journey, the struggle, the fear, and ultimately, the personal growth along the way. At the end of the day, nobody really cares about what we do. All that really matters is who we are. Today, we're going to learn who Sarah Oberbrunner is. But before we do, let me tell you a few things about what Sarah has done. So in 2021, Sarah, independently, you don't have a buyer's agent. You don't have a team of admin. Sarah sold 60 homes in 2021, totaling over $20 million. You're the most uh, productive Keller Williams agent, independent agent. No dis- disrespect intended, but who really cares? Let's talk about Sarah the person. Hi, Sarah. Hi. Thanks for coming. Thanks for having me. Um, I have no better friend in this business. I really don't. And um, I am excited to be doing this with you. Um, you held out. <laughs> um, but thank you for doing this. And I'm super excited for people to get to know the Sarah that I know. So that's why we're doing this. Um, as you know, this is about the journey and not about what we do. I think that's way more interesting. Um, but before we talk about that, I just want to preface it by saying that, and you're better at dates than I am, but a couple years ago, was it a couple years ago, maybe three years ago, um, you did a presentation of everything that you were doing at the time for your clients. You were selling 40 plus homes probably, is that mm-hmm. right? And you can't nod because people can't hear you nod. <laughs> um, and uh, you were totally kicking ass and you were doing all of this stuff for your clients. You were leaning into your clients more than anybody I've ever met. Um, and at the end of your presentation, either I or somebody else asked what your team looked like and you said, my team is just me. And I reached out to you. I I had never met you. We had never spoken. We hadn't done a deal together. And I reached out to you because I was concerned that, I don't know, maybe the expression is burning the candles at both ends or whatever, but I reached out to you to just talk to you about balance and some of that. Um, And I've told this to anybody that'll listen I approached you because I thought I approached you because I thought you could be more like me. But as I've gotten to know you, I've wanted to be more like you. And that's one of the nicest compliments you could pay somebody, but it really is from the heart. So thank you. I wanted to start with that before we go through the journey. So we've gotten to know each other over the last couple of years. And in the simplest terms, let's just call it Sarah 1 0, childhood, Sarah 2 0, Retail, Sarah three o, the first part of your real estate career, and Sarah four o, where you are today. So, can we talk about those? Yes, absolutely. Okay, Sarah one o, I'm going to take you back to your childhood, and um, over the years, um, as we've gotten to know each other, we share a lot, um, business wise and otherwise. Um. One of the things that we did together this, was it this winter? Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, it was in December. December. Um, 
Well, why don't you why don't you say what we did together, and then let's talk about how that ties into your childhood. Yeah, I think we, you and I, have always looked for like other opportunities to serve. So I think this was probably the second thing that we did. The first one we served at the rescue mission, mm-hmm. and the one in December was delivering gifts to um, less fortunate kids whose parents were in prison. Yeah, I really enjoyed that. I mean, it was a bit of an adventure, right? Um, but it was a meaningful day. Um, but as we did that, you shared some things with me that were really heartwarming. And um, can we talk about that? Sure. Okay. Yeah. So I, growing up, um, my dad was a pastor. My mom was a social worker. And um, we didn't really have a lot financially. It was very humble beginnings. Um, but what I can say is that I had two really loving parents um, who taught me a lot of important lessons that I don't think money can buy. Mm-hmm. Um, one being just the importance of like strong work ethic. Other one being just operating under a higher level of integrity and values. Mm. And then the third would be just kindness and generosity, especially to those people who probably can never repay you. Mm. Nice. And that impacted your desire to give and serve and be generous. Yeah, I think as far as I can remember, my parents not only spoke about that, but they really led by example. So Mm -hmm. our holidays always consisted of having random people at her house Mm -hmm. who didn't have somewhere to go. Um, My mom especially was just always giving back to other people. And um, it's something that's important to me now that I have more that I can give more. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting. um, It's never to pick up business, right? No. I mean, there's no correlation. And it really, giving is giving, right? Mm -hmm. And um, I don't know that anything that we've done together or done independently has resulted in business. It's not about that, right? No, it's more about the experience. And um, I think it's just looking at the lives that you can impact. And um, I remember that one lady that we delivered gifts to, Mm -hmm. um, just how she brought out pictures and Mm -hmm. you saw like a smile on her face when we did that. Mm -hmm. And um, I mean, those are like the, the memories that I love. Yeah, nice. And I think we both assume that most of the people that are imprisoned are probably for nonviolent crimes. It's killing them not to be with their kids on the holidays and vice versa. So yeah, that was nice. Um, most people, when they're getting into the industry or maybe they're outside of the industry and watching us and they look at um, the business that you do, which is remarkable, it, uh, one would assume that it was a clear path. Like from a little kid, you wanted to be a real estate agent and, and you went, to college for that and you built your, that's not how it worked, right? No, not at all. Okay. So, um, you, 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 you grow up, you go through high school, take us to what happens after that. Yeah. I think for me, just not coming from a lot, I wanted to start working Mm -hmm. like the day I could. So I think I probably got a job when I turned 16 and I always had at least two or three jobs. Mm -hmm. Um, so I did have good work ethic, but, on the other hand, um, that probably got a little bit out of balance with working too much. Mm-hmm. Um, so I started at Victoria's Secret when I was 18, mm. and I stayed there for probably about 15 years. Wow. And my last two years there, I kind of knew I didn't want to stay there. Um, I was sick of working weekends and holidays and just crazy hours. And so you I, picked the, the only other <laughs> business that you'd be doing that in. <laughs> it's right. very similar. 
I guess I knew I wanted to do more, but I was afraid to leave a job that brought me security with benefits, insurance, mm-hmm. stable pay. Um, so I thought about what else I could do. And um, prior to that, in 2003, I had a good friend of mine, Laura McGurthy, who was in real estate and she worked for a developer for condos and she wanted me to do open houses with her. So mm-hmm. I had to get licensed. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the time I got licensed in 2003 to do those open houses, um, took me about four times to pass my test. <laughs> so once I got licensed, I knew mm-hmm. it was something I didn't want to give up, but I didn't really do anything with it for like 11 years. Um, I bet you a lot of people that don't pass it first couple times give up, but that's one of your characteristics is you just don't give up, right? Yeah, I knew I, I mean, I just knew I wanted to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you talk about your retail days, you talk about them um, gl- kind of glowingly. Like, I know the work was hard, but you really loved your team, didn't you? I did. I have some of the best friends came out of my time there. And um, I just learned, I guess, how to work hard there. Mm. Um, but I don't feel I was compensated properly, which is why I kind of started to look to do something else. So in... I'd say it was about 2013. I knew I wanted to leave. Um, and I had talked to my brother about it and I was scared to do it. And he said, you know, the one thing he said to me was, if you look back five years from now, would you regret not saying yes Hmm. to an opportunity if it came to you? Sure. And I could say yes. And I thought about, well, I didn't really go to college, so I don't know what else to do. Mm -hmm. And then I remembered I had my real estate license. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, I ended up uh, working for a good friend of my dad's. Um, so I started April 1st, 2014. And, uh, how old were you then? Younger than you are now. 34. Okay. Yeah. So, um, one of the things that I want to, don't want to skip over is, um, so you grew up, you didn't have a lot of means. You went into retail. Um, retail isn't the highest paying, um, opportunity, but you managed to save and to buy as a very young woman. Let's just talk about that for a second. Sure. I I mean, I saved money. I wanted to be able to basically go into a store and buy what I wanted. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was kind of my, my goal when I was younger. And um, I did buy my first house when I was 23. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, I don't know where I came up with that idea, but... All on your own, Yeah. Right? But you had saved, like... I did, yeah. I saved, yeah. Okay, that's amazing. Um, and that was probably your first of many life changers, right? Correct. I mean, that first rung on the ladder, which we talk about, um, so many people that don't have opportunities laid out mm-hmm. for them, it's very difficult to climb that ladder. And at 23, you already took your first big jump. Um, and you were probably ahead of all of your friends or almost all your friends that went to college. Yeah, and I think for me, I viewed it as I was maybe behind because I didn't go to college. Mm-hmm. Um, but now that I look back... I would view it differently. Yeah, totally. Um, okay, so then you exit retail. That was a big risk. Mm-hmm. You had nobody to rely on, right? I was going from a stable paycheck every week to 100% commission. Yeah. What was that like in the beginning? It's really scary. <laughs> mm-hmm. I would go home and probably cry every day and think like I made the biggest mistake. Mm-hmm. Um, but I knew I just couldn't quit. And how tough was it? Like, let's talk about the first six months. Yeah. I mean, it was rough. I didn't get paid probably until my first two months into it. Hmm. Um, But I just broke down what I had to do in small goals and kind of didn't think about like a big picture Mm -hmm. um, and got really good at a couple skills that I knew would make me successful in the industry. 
What were those skills? Um, I had to get really good on the phone mm-hmm. and um, just connecting with people because mm. I didn't really have experience. So for me, it was becoming more confident in what I am good at, and that would be building relationships. Um, and it was an internet-based business, right? So you would get a ton of leads and you'd have to convert those leads. Correct. So somebody would call, like walk us through what one of those, because a lot of, I, I've never had that. Sure. So, yeah. so somebody would call and inquire about a house and then I would have to call them back. And a lot of times they would hang up the phone and say they're not interested. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, you would just have to really try to get them on the phone and start a conversation to lead to a home purchase. Mm. So it was a lot of cold calling Sure. Uh, for probably three and a half hours a day, hmm. I did that. How many homes did you sell your first year? Uh, my first six months, I sold 24. That, I mean, that's unbelievable. Um, that is just unbelievable. Okay, so, and, and, and you had no choice, right? Like you weren't going to, what were your motivations? to not move back home. Right, okay. <laughs> um, and that was a great motivator for you. Yes. Okay, so, um, and you worked there for how many years? Um, at Vesta, mm-hmm. I was there from 2014 to, um, almost the end of 2019 okay. or 2018. So, um, about four years you're moving along on that path. And what is your typical day? Like, um, I would, I worked a lot, so it was pretty much seven days a week. Mm-hmm. Um, probably about 80 hours on average per week. And, um, I liked doing it, I guess, because it kept me busy, mm-hmm. but I knew that I did it to try to not have to deal with life. Mm-hmm. So for me, working was more of an outlet or a distraction. Sure. Um, and, you know, in some ways it's good, but when it goes to the extreme, um, it's not. Mm-hmm. So. And you were telling me that, like, you would sleep with your phone in your hand because so you didn't my want computer. to miss <laughs> a call or anything. Yeah. Somebody would call that you'd never met before and say, I'd like to see a house in 15 minutes. And you'd literally. Yeah, I had no balance or boundaries. Mm-hmm. And I think the one time it really bothered me was when I was at my mom's birthday. And I don't know if she remembers this, but um, somebody wanted to go see a house. And um, I left the party. Mm-hmm. And when I got there. It was clients I didn't know, and they were in their like swimsuits. They just got off a boat, and <laughs> I was really upset that mm-hmm. I didn't say no. Sure. Um, and I just thought about, well, they're being able to enjoy like their Saturday, and I can't believe that I left my mom's party to do this. Mm. Um, and you don't realize in the moment. No. Right. And she knew. I mean, looking back, she knew that you were just trying to be everything to everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So then you made a switch, right? Mm-hmm. From um, Vesta to Keller Williams. Mm-hmm. Um, but your life didn't change, right? Um, no. Okay. I just switched brokerages um, in, I think it was December of 2019. Mm-hmm. And I came over to Keller Williams. Um, and I was still on that cycle of constantly working. Mm-hmm. And I don't think I was prepared for just how my business was going to increase. I, I didn't have enough support, um, but I didn't know how to stop that. Mm-hmm. And it was in, it was 2019 that I did that talk at mm-hmm. work. And even after talking about what I did, I was exhausted mm-hmm. <laughs> when I went home that day thinking about it. But it's almost as if, if one ball dropped, like my whole life would fall apart. Mm-hmm. And when you reached out to me, I don't think we got together. 
right no. away. I think it was probably like eight months after because right. <laughs> I was too busy. Mm-hmm. Um, and something about that too was that like if there was an opportunity that came up for me to do something, if it didn't make me money, I wouldn't do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So it was hard for me to say yes to go out to eat, Mm. go on vacation, go to a movie, uh, Mm -hmm. because I just wanted to work. Yeah. Um, So you worked and worked and worked. Yeah. um, And your clients were better for it, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, you really weren't dropping balls and you were... What what percentage of your businesses repeat in word of mouth and round numbers? Um, Now it's about like 95. Yeah, which is amazing. And even back then... A couple of years ago was still it was a high percentage. Yeah. yeah. Um, so as far as the world knew, your your coworkers and your clients, you were just doing an inhumane amount of work and doing it really well. But nobody really knew the sacrifices that you were making. So or to like how my insides felt. Like I don't right. think my insides matched my outsides. Um. So how did they feel? I, it was scary. Like I couldn't go on vacation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I almost felt like trapped in my work, but I didn't know how to get out of it. Hmm. I didn't know what to ask for. Like I didn't know what to ask for help. Sure. Um, who ultimately, when, when you had to take your foot off the pedal, who was ultimately there for you? Um, it was my parents and mm-hmm. um, a couple really good friends who mm-hmm. probably saw me at my worst. Sure. Um, and that wasn't easy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had, again, two great parents, and they came and stayed with me for a bit to make mm-hmm. sure I got back on my feet. Um, so it was a lot of, it caused me to be, I would say, more humble, mm-hmm. um, knowing that everything could change for me in an instance. So what I viewed that I had control over, I never really did. Yeah. And my priorities just got so out of line where it was work, work, work. Mm-hmm. And I needed to get back into like, better priorities where it was like God first, family, friends, and then work comes third. Mm -hmm. So, and that was, was that weeks or months of really kind of taking off and rebuilding? Um, It was, you know, during that time frame, I had all of a sudden developed like severe anxiety for probably like six months. Mm -hmm. Um, So that was really rough because I was used to being very independent and I looked like I had it all under control. Mm -hmm. Um, But I would say it was probably a good two years Mm. going through like a really rough season before I felt myself again. Yeah. The new self, like the better self. self. Right. Yeah. Um, So for a period of time, you couldn't take on as many clients. Did you keep in touch with people or did you kind of? I did. And I still helped clients. Mm -hmm. I had a wonderful friend, Shauna, who Mm -hmm. um, really was my support and she jumped in when I couldn't do it anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, So we kind of tag teamed and helped clients. So I don't think my clients ever felt it. Sure. Um, But it was allowing me to learn how to ask for help Mm -hmm. is what it was. And I think we live life forward, but we understand it backwards. Yeah. Great. So for me, it was like, now I understand why it all happened. Um, And it feels better now, but it sure didn't at that time. Um, And, that mental and physical exhaustion, that wall that you hit, and you really hit a wall, right? Aren't you so much better because of that? I am. Yeah. I mean, I had to learn a lot of things that I didn't learn growing up. So about boundaries, about how to express my feelings. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, one thing that 
I've learned from you over the past couple of years is um, your ability to be more vulnerable. Mm. So that's a quality I really admire in you. And I'm working on that, which is why I'm doing this. You have a bracelet that <laughs> yeah, says that, right? I do. Um, this is not easy for you. No. Okay. Uh, thank you. Mm -hmm. um, I think people can draw inspiration from this, mm -hmm. though. I think that like everything you do, you do it for others. You put others before you. And... You know, I think there are a couple of messages associated mm -hmm. with you. Number one is you don't have to have a clear path to success to be successful. Mm -hmm. I mean, you overcame lots of obstacles. Like hard work and dedication is great, but it, it can come at a personal expense and there has to be mm -hmm. a balance. And that you can hit that wall that so many of us do. You can kind of recalibrate and reprioritize your life and come out even better. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about the, what would this be, Sarah 4.0. Mm -hmm. So the even better, what is that, what is that, how does the life look different today than it did before you had to just kind of relax and rely on others? Yeah, I would say like a normal day for me prior would be, I'd be up at the gym at 5.30 and then I'd start working at seven and mm -hmm. I probably wouldn't shut down until about seven or eight. Okay. And um, that's kind of what I did seven days a week. Um, now it looks completely different. So I wake up, I go to the gym. Um, it's really important for me to like pray and read like a devotion in the morning um, and then kind of start my day after that. Um, I prioritize myself in my schedule more. Mm. So I block time for myself, whether that be a yoga class or spending time with friends. Mm -hmm. um, I say no to people now. Me included. <laughs> if it doesn't fit with my schedule. Mm -hmm. um, and my priorities are back aligned. So it's more important for me to spend time, I would say, with friends and family than anything. So if you were working 80 plus hours a week before, you're probably working half that now. Is that fair? Yeah. I'm probably some weeks even half of half. <laughs> um, how's business? Um, I had my best year last year. So... It's crazy that once I stopped working so much mm -hmm. and had more fun, I think I did stuff that was more fulfilling to yeah. me. And in turn, I probably showed up better for my clients. When you went from 80 hours to, let's say, 40, 30, 20 sure. hours, um, your business is just as good, um, better. What did you cut out? Um, from a business standpoint, I cut mm -hmm. out the way I used to do business, which was internet leads. So now I just focus strictly on referral and past clients. So that made a huge difference. Okay. Um, and then I would say, I think that's probably the only thing I cut out. I think also um, activities expand to the time you give them. Sure. So like we all know how super effective we are the day before we go on vacation mm -hmm. because we have to get everything done. And what I can tell is you were working 80 hours a week, doing all this personal stuff, leaning into people incredibly, you still do that. I think you leverage others maybe a little bit more now than you did, but by creating time for yourself to have fun and to give, I mean, mm -hmm. you do a lot of giving and caring and mentoring and all of that. Um, you're still doing almost everything you were doing, but mm -hmm. just more efficiently, right? Yeah. And I would say um, I did I did hire. I had a couple hires that I did. Um, so one was a transaction person who's wonderful. Mm -hmm. And then um, I still work a lot with Shauna. Okay. So she helps me out a lot. Great. And your 
administrative hire, that is a contract basis, not an employee, right? So Correct. you're still like totally lean. Yes. Okay. So with the remaining time, let's talk about what the future holds. Like, um, do you want to continue doing this? I do. Yeah, mm-hmm. I do. I enjoy it again now where I think for a couple of years, it was more of a burnout, mm-hmm. um, but I can say that I, I enjoy it again. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Like when you look at our industry, clearly it's changing, right? Mm-hmm. What do you see? Um, I think a lot of agents that probably got into the business the past couple of years are going to get out of the business. Mm-hmm. Um, so I see it being a little bit harder to uh, get transactions. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think that I'll, I'm not going to view it that way. Okay. Um, if you met with somebody, which I know you do quite often, that was, let's say, a 20-year-old. Let, no, let's go back even further. An 18-year-old Sarah. You know, school wasn't for them, but they wanted to make this their life. Knowing what you know now, what would you tell somebody that was looking to get into this business? Um, I would say it's a hard business to get into. You definitely have to be just determined to stick it through. Mm -hmm. Um, But also, once you start to have the success, it's super important to remain humble Mm -hmm. and um, to not forget, in a sense, where you came from. Yeah, nice. um, And to just keep your keep your priorities aligned. You know, it's something that I have to do every week mm-hmm. to make sure I'm in alignment with that. Um, and I would say just giving back, you know, once you're in a position to. When I look across the horizon and I'm blessed, we both are to have lots mm-hmm. of friends in this business. Um, I can't think of anybody that is more generous, more caring, more engaged, more thoughtful, like all those adjectives with their clients and their peers. Like, I think when I reached out to you and we didn't get together for breakfast and for eight months, you still managed to like send a card in between and like you're, you're always thinking of others. I think of everybody that I can think of, I think you lead with your heart more than anybody and that there's great value in that. And I've always said that people aren't looking to us to sell them a house. They're looking to us to find them a house and it's all about trust and you really you care and i think people trust you and want to work with you over and over again and you get a lot of referral business too because of that right Mm -hmm. which is remarkable so how was this did this go it was okay (laughs) (laughs) it was okay we'll see once it's done (laughs) are you glad that you did it i'm glad it's over with um it's hard to be vulnerable like this well i mean it's um, thanks for doing this. Mm-hmm. I think you've given other people courage and, um, I'm thrilled that I stayed on you to do this because, um, I wanted everybody to know the Sarah that I know and love. Thank you. So I'd like to give a shout out to podcast town studios, our producer, no sleep for creating the music. Please subscribe wherever you get your podcast. And if you believe that you or someone, you know, would be an ideal guest, and would talk about not what they've done, but really who they are, why don't you reach out to me? I'm the easiest guy in the world to get a hold of. Thank you.